Last time on Geek Force, the squad talked about the menu. Spoiler free, yes, chef. And they went right into the worst dish of the night, Velma by Mindy Kaling. We'll see what we're talking about t- tonight, now on Geek Force. Welcome to Geek Force, the show where pop culture rules all. I'm your host, Kat. With me today is the lovely but smaller G Squad. Of Amy and Marlon. They're still no balance in the force. Ray is still up there fighting them. Bad guys, the dark side, Empire, all of that right now. And wishing you the very best. Oh, Ray. How's everyone doing? Good and stressed. Okay. Very interesting combination of words. Yay. Hey, that's all all good fun. We have, (laughs) as always, a lot to dive into. Um, I kind of want to start this off because I think in the D&D geek community, this is actually like our headline news, especially knowing how long this has been going on and how things are being tied to it. Um, Marla, should I give you the floor? I think you can best describe what's going on. Yeah, sure. Breaking (laughs) news. I don't know if we have that. I don't know if that right. sound is on our soundboard, so I had to do it myself. I would love uh, some heads up before you start doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think do I have. Do an old timey 1940s. Uh... <laughs> 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 What's going on? It's not what it is. Big Bang Theory. I don't know. Big Bang Theory. Literally, you gave me That's... the Big Bang Theory back from commercial transition. When you don't let, let me know you're going to do something. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, bazinga. I guess we will do it next. I don't know what's happening with all of a sudden. That's my section of the couch, Leonard. Uh, anywho. <laughs> Where's off the coast? Um upset some people uh, recently and uh, specifically the nerd crowd. Um, now for those who don't know Hasbro has gotten their hands into a lot of board games, a lot of activities you know they have their hands in Transformers and basically if it has toys or has a real good return on, on uh, investment they're going to go for it. Uh, and they recently discovered that the D&D brand is under monetized. You know, like, hey, like, why? And honestly, if you think about it, it makes sense. Uh, critical role during the pandemic, uh, a lot of folks needed something to do when they really got into D&D in a major way over the pandemic. And now there's streams, there's channels, like D&D is becoming a lot more uh, mainstream than it used to be. And that obviously means more money. So Wizards of the Coast... Recently, uh, they said a draft of theirs got leaked to the public, uh, and in said draft were were some outlines in which they were going to uh, restrict their license to third-party creators, specifically making it harder for them to basically, you know, make a living. Like, if you're doing doing streams, yeah, you know, it's not going to affect you as much doing streams. But if you're doing, like, merch or creating characters that you're making up that you're then attaching to said merch, um, this could have been, uh, this could have affected you a bit more than you would want it to. It, it, it even included things like a royalty clause, which had a stipulation that if you made over a certain amount of money, you had to pay them 20 to 25% uh, of that 
back to them. So there's a lot of unpopular things that were leaked in this quote-unquote draft. Uh, and unfortunately, when it was the time it took from it leaking to Watsi getting into response mode uh, was a full business week. Uh, so it got leaked. There's radio silence. Uh, a lot of folks got nervous. A lot of folks got scared. Uh, and by the time that they did respond, they did respond, you know, very eloquently stating, hey, we made a mistake. Our bad. We're going to go in there and we're going to, you know, this was a draft uh, based on your your response. You know, we'd never go in that direction. We're community focused. Our whole intention was to prevent anyone from altering uh the brand with hateful or discriminatory content uh, that could be attributed to the D&D, I guess, business model. Uh, and they needed a way to kind of like really make that difficult and really like tighten the grip on it. Uh, and they said, hey, we, you know, we'll reach out and send you all surveys and give you a chance to tell us what we did wrong because we really want to know what did we do? So this whole week, um, if you go to the website, also on Twitter, they have like this public survey going on uh, that is very much about like, hey, tell us your thoughts. Really covering all the bases of, of, of a great PR team who just really wants to prevent things from going terrible. And of course, as response, there's a lot of memes and gifs of people who are upset at WotC. Uh, but I'll tell you who is doing fine and dandy. And that's the third party uh, sites that specifically deal with the D&D-S thing. I'm talking about people like the uh, uh, there's an, another party that does TTRPGs, and that's uh, Cobalt Press. Mm. Uh, they announced that, hey, in response to what's happening in the world, we're going to be creating our own uh, game called Project Black Flag that's going to have its own separate rules so that, hey, in case Watsi's OGL or open... Uh, game license update affects us, we have an out saying, hey, we made a thing that doesn't align with your world. And again, within that same concept, um, Piazzo or, or, or Paizo, another third-party site, they have something called Pathfinder, which existed before the five, you know, 5e or 5th edition in D&D. They are partnering with COBOL to do uh, a system-neutral open RPG license game. That'll be an open license and you know perpetuity will be out there and it will never be adjusted or taken back like fifth edition uh, so there's a lot of folks who are definitely like yo people are excited i think there are so many people that were excited for cobalt press that they crashed the website visiting mm-hmm. uh you know the you know to see what this game they're going to make is all about so there isn't an audience so people are you know getting ready to go away and also um if you are a director or producer involved in the new dungeons and dragons movie um you have an out you have an out <laughs> when this movie doesn't do great you have the best excuse, and that's because there is currently a boycott of people saying no one going to the D&D movie to hit Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast where it hurts in the pocket. So, hey, D&D, if, you, if you're a bad film, it's okay. You can always blame the angry nerds out there who are, like, in a tizzy. Right. Uh, and, you know, it sucks that it's happening, but it's important to know that everyone is kind of – 
dancing around it. A lot of your favorite D and D streamers aren't really commenting on it. If they have an ongoing license with the WotC, so Critical Role released a very ambiguous statement about like, hey, you know. This is a very difficult thing. We stand with our industry partners, but we're also really open to make sure this game is accessible to everyone, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, Dimension 20 hasn't said anything. So basically your, your big you know, tabletop streamers that use 5e are trying to stay as neutral as possible in case it goes you know, in a bad direction. But that's what's going on thus far in the D&D world. But when y'all heard and or read about it, what were your thoughts on this uh, recent uh, nerd crisis? I had to kind of ask Travis to give me like uh, spark notes. Some, like mm. what, how How did it get to be? Like right, why, why now and how did it get why here? Now? Basically told me that Critical Role has been working with Watsi forever and they were working with them for free. And because of, like you said, in the pandemic, like they had published, I think, like the five, the fifth edition, it didn't do as well. But because of Critical, it actually did extremely well. And, you know, more people started buying it and whatever. Um, and, you know, that's where the success. But, you know, a lot of money just went straight to Critical Role, not really them. So for them, for Watsi to break out and be like, hey, if you do use our stuff, but especially if you are using it in a way where you are publishing it or making, you know, any type of money from it, like you have to pay pay us now. Like that's fair. So I was just like, well, why is this exactly a bad thing? But then I'm realizing, like you said, how other people are. That means more people are going to start claiming other things, um, creating mm-hmm. their own worlds, creating their own characters, creating their whatever. And so I'm like, this 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 seems good, but then it seems complicated. Um, I think for like normal people like us, it doesn't affect us because we're not trying to publish anything unless you guys are doing that. But for people who were making a lot of money from these things, from like publics, like making books and podcasts and TV shows and like all that, like my question is, can like companies like that look back on that? material like on that material and like be like hey you use the like is there like a i guess like a time frame where they can actually start seeking royalties or is it like starting today moving forward it most likely would just be starting today moving forward but they did mention uh in their tweets that they would be uh removing um the the comments about royalties uh as well as um uh buyback provisions so they said that they'd be so i think that's what people were mostly upset about so they did mention they would be looking to remove the sections um just to kind of like appease some folks but it is of course still on it's still in like a a pretty nebulous space of like still being created by the public Mm -hmm. we won't know what is officially going to be happening until they release the update with hey here's what we're doing so they could choose to add it back later once they've gotten the you know the feedback they need or they could choose to not add all i know right now is that the community as a whole uh is choosing to look for other outlets for their dnd s gameplay i just see this as them having basically in the video game world how you release your dlcs i feel like they're starting hey you like this book 
I know it's incomplete, right? If you want the next parts, buy this, 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 this. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I don't know. So I, I definitely see, I, I mean, again, I'm not saying what they're doing is wrong, but knowing mm-hmm. how this world is a capitalistic society, they are playing the roles and that is fair, especially as, you know, as a form of art, like you are entitled mm-hmm. to do that. But what that also means is now we're going to be kind of divided. And I feel like everyone's campaigns, whether they're publishing it or not, we're going to go on this weird world of like, there's going to be things and references and I don't know Mm -hmm. where they come from. Oh, where's that from? Oh, it's from blah, blah. Well, I didn't know because I used this one, you know? So it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of dividing the community a bit, but I don't know. We'll see. I know like when this movie comes out, that's probably one thing that is united is either one, the majority of everyone's not seeing it or the people who do want to see it are going to do it because, you know, we're rebels. So I we'll see. You know, I definitely see why it could be a bit uh, upsetting in regards to, you know, seeing it be leaked as opposed to hearing it come from them. It seems like it's, oh, this is, is, is a secret. How are you receiving it? Right. And also, I think, you know, the, the times with the respond. And then I also think at the very end of the response, they included some really like passive aggressive line that said to the effect of, Hey, I'm sure there are some people who are going to, you know, tell everyone that, Oh, that we won, but like no one won. We, we all won or something to the effect of like, there are no losers in this. We're all winners in this community. Uh, and it's like, it is. Cause it's like, Hey, are you choosing to not acknowledge that you kind of caused a problem? Yeah. And then people have to call you out for you then to like, Hey, we're addressing the problem. I was like, no, 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 we weren't wrong. Like, we were still right to have that, but, like, you were also right to tell us to not have that. So, really, <laughs> there's no wrong party in this. Okay. <laughs> so, so Marla, as someone who, who plays D&D, how does this affect you directly? Oh, it does not. It does not affect um, you at all? You don't use any of these things that... Well, no, it d- doesn't affect me <laughs> in that, like, I just, like, it's not going to affect your, like, living room campaign... Uh, that you play with your friends on. The only time it's going to even affect you is if you choose to like step into the world of Dungeon Daddies, NADPOD, uh, Critical Role, where you are creating a world based on... Sorry, Dungeon Daddies is also a... I'm just like, a, uh, I'm so good. I, I need a whole... Wikipedia page is, explaining that. What's funny what? is the first episode of Dungeons da- and Daddies, like, these people being like, we know this is a weird name. We know this is, this is, this is totally sexual, but we thought it was funny, so we're sticking with it. No, it's very weird. It, it sounds and also, bad. also, what's great <laughs> is that all the characters in the game, like, play dads. And so it's like, there's, like, a dad of, like, who has, like, five kids. And there's, like, a bad divorce dad. And then there's, like, a... Uh, forever a child Peter Pan stepdad who's like always wants his son to think he's cool and just these dads doing doing adventures with their, with their dad powers of dad senses anyway um, wow. this will only affect people who choose to like this this could only affect folks who choose to make a living off of merchandising around the fifth dimension or the fifth edition uh, kind of gameplay because they can say hey like if like because in D&D, all the moves are named after the game. In Critical Role, they did a good job of like adjusting a lot of these things. So, like for instance, um, there's like Bigsby's magic hand is a spell, but they changed it to Scanlan's magic hand to kind of like it's it has the same wrapping, but they kind of gave it a different name. 
it would only affect you if you're making like maybe two, over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in revenue on D and D. If you're doing D and D kind of as a regular regular activity, it's not going to be affecting you too much and it, it might affect what's available to you mm-hmm. because if it affects the bigger merch creators and world builders that means there's less merch to buy from third parties that could mean like maybe uh if they are able to you could only buy uh dice for fifth edition from a fifth edition game store from watsi or you can only buy a game map from there there's certain sources that you wouldn't have access to creatively because mm-hmm. you know we live in a space where people can like make uh, artwork make posters make ceramics mm-hmm. make clay pots of certain characters uh, this could affect those individuals but again we'll see what happens once they choose to wrap this inquiry or the survey into the community but for now the community is uh basically uh, on edge waiting for this final release uh and they're ready to unsubscribe from D beyond and no. cancel all of their products and not buy any source materials from them wow. that's why i was like i think mm-hmm. this will divide the community in a way that they were not counting on they were thinking oh we'll make money which is their american right but then Again, at the end of the day, it's always it always affects the little person, which is us. So, like, again, all those mm-hmm. things that we're so used to buying and stuff, that might not be available anymore. Or um, it will be harder to get. And then it's like, well, now I have to figure out what to do on my own, you know. True. I mean, I think, like, the benefit is knowing that they have so many partners, right? Like. Mm-hmm. They have so many streamers who are out here making them money that it's in their best interest to figure out what that looks like. Because if you have so many creative people who already know so many other types of TTRPGs, what's to stop them from just adjusting the game and you lose that? Mm-hmm. Because again, what these third parties are are, are showing WotC and Hasbro, you know, like there are other people who can make these. Uh, like RPG games and they can have their own rules and they have their own pool and their own audience. So the community definitely is leading them and putting this company on the back foot of like, how are we going to proceed? Because again, if they upset their biggest mouthpieces, i.e. critical role, Mm -hmm. they can publicly say, Hey, we're no longer playing fifth edition. We're going to play Pathfinder. Exactly. Which honestly, for a a lot of OG folks, remember Mm -hmm. critical role started out as a Pathfinder game before it was a fifth edition game. They converted over. And they made it popular again because they made it pop. And now they're like, Hey, uh, where's our money? (laughs) <laughs> so we'll see what, what Watsi does, but Just it's like, important that, hey, it's a cash cow. It's a cash cow. They sell out arenas. When they, right. this will lead us right into Vox Machina, the TV show, which is season two. Yes. When the first episode of season one dropped, they sold out theaters that showed just the first episode. They sold them out. Yep. And the select theaters they had the showings in, they were all sold out. They also released last year to an amazing audience uh, scores and reviews. So they're noticing that these people have the money and the pool to bring in these funds. But I think it's also recognized that these people also have options because these people aren't just people who play a game for fun. They create and actively create worlds 
because they have just like a passion for it. So they could always change things up on them and go into maybe a kids on broomsticks game. If you watch Dimension mm-hmm. 20, they played an entire Harry Potter skin game, but mm-hmm. they played it with the with the kids on broomsticks, which is like four D6s that you roll instead of a full Dungeons and Dragons D20 thing. So you can definitely add that. But speaking of Vox Machina, Yes. Uh, they are three episodes are out right now, season two, and they're giving us uh, the Chroma Conclave, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, if you are uh, an OG fan of the, of the, of the first uh, campaign with, with Vox Machina, you know this is when like the shit gets real. It's literally what if the Legion of Doom was all dragons? What if it was just like four dragons who decided, you know what? What if we Power Ranger team up? And and the whole one is like, well, hey, that's actually terrifying. That's terrifying. That's four ancient dragons who've decided, hey, I know it's in our nature to be separate and like kind of have our own thing, but what if we just were homies? (laughs) And you just have like a dragon who can breathe fire, a dragon who can breathe ice, two dragons that breathe acid. Poison and acid. Who so the literally the first episode is just carnage. Like if you thought that the final season of Game of Thrones featured great dragon carnage you gotta see this first episode of season two it is straight up people being melted uh, like on camera as a dragon breathes just an acid torrential rain guys are from their mouth and just fillets people the <laughs> other one has like acid fog breath so he just breathes fog and people's skin peels off yes. and then they decided yep. then they decided you know what this this ice dragon's cool but what if we give you an anime level uh, fire attack where the first fire is like red and hot and then all of a sudden they tap deep inside and the fire turns blue and then it has has like a full sonic boom. It gave us that and it looked beautiful and it lets you know things are getting real. In the first episode, Amy. If you remember how the last episode ended, it was like, hey, we're getting praise for all we did in season one. It literally is continuing mm-hmm. that scene and then the it dragons. was dragons like and i just want to say within the first 10 minutes and seeing all this carnage i was like well obviously their budget went the fuck up because <laughs> the animation Incredibly alone so. i know that people had some problems with first season animation with some of their like cgi animation wonky but this one, it was like telling us to shut up. I was like, well, <laughs> oh my, clutching pearls. Like, they really look at our to rendering that. skills this season. Yes. Like, just Take the way one. that the dragons were flying and like were like in the air and then just spewing whatever element they had. And to the point where there were scenes, the, the one of the poison dragons, the way he was flapping his wings, and he just had poison just dripping off those wings. It just felt scary. And I'm like, this is a cartoon, but it was scary. Um, and there's other elements in this episode where I'm like, the animation has been up. Like, it's so detailed mm-hmm. now, and I really appreciate uh, however they did it. They listened to feedback, and they really, it just looked really pretty and more fascinating to look at uh, the first season. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, yeah, it's dragons. And also, I mean, you also know you're doing a great job and you have a great dragon where it's voiced by the legendary Lance Riddick. Yes. I want to get <laughs> like voices. Yes. Like literally the, the, the voice is like, oh, that's Lance Riddick doing himself, but still 
it his imposing voice fits this super tall giant dragon and then you get this creepy other voice mm-hmm. off to the side mm-hmm. and you realize oh that's Cree Summers. That's Cree Summer. <laughs> that's Cree Summers coming in with a smoky rasp for this uh acid breathing fire dragon. Perfect. And then you have another dragon who again this reminds you that oh this is a voice acting crew this is voiced by liam o'brien mm-hmm. who also voices vaxel dan and you're like oh everyone's getting a fun activity they got everyone out here doing what they normally do which is voice acting and then it reminds you oh everyone in all these episodes like last season are their friends mm-hmm. they just invited their friends to come and record Special. a tv show with them mm-hmm. which hey that's the dream, isn't it? Just, you just work with <laughs> hey, your friends. Like, we we're just adding voices and getting paid for it. It's like, yeah. Let's just make scary sounds. Because again, all these people that are on this list have played D&D with them. Yeah. Like, I think um, Homeboy that was in uh, The Walking Dead, who had the dreadlocks and was the priest. Uh, oh my God, what's oh, his name? Um, Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Oh, yeah. Ezekiel, Ezekiel, Ezekiel voices, I think... Um, he oh he voices a character in this as well and they also have um from oh my god was from encanto uh she voices another character in here she voices one of the uh dwarven fighters i can't find her name on this list but Again, this is an amazing cast and crew who have all played D anD D either Isn't in she Critical the one Role. In, uh, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, that one. I thought I, I think saw a post. So. I think I saw her face. I'm surprised sure if it was, she if it was yes. that or a different thing. Because I think so you're right. Things. I think you're right. She is in this. <laughs> okay. She is in I this. Her name, and I, know I think her, her name is Melissa. We'll we'll find it. It'll I come to us. But Stephanie Beaches. Anyway. That's her name. That's yeah, that what it right. is. Stephanie Beaches, she plays Kima, which is a, a dwarven character, and I forgot about that. But yeah, oh. the the guest list is stacked. Everyone in here you know, everyone in here you love. And it just reminds me that these could, like, anyone doing D&D could do a, a movie and it would look this cool. And D&D is dope and it also reminds me that they again how much power they have in response to this nonsense like hey you have a D&D show that's doing numbers mm. do you want to risk the fan bashlack on if these pretty vocal creators decide to say hey let's do a different show where it doesn't talk about D&D mechanics because again in this show they drop a lot of D&D worlds a lot of D&D words phrases mechanics um, but it's such a damn good show and I'm loving it and it just reminds me that Invincible's also coming up soon mm-hmm. and Amazon is now worth having prime video because i am going to be honest with you after the boys i haven't touched amazon oh, prime video ring rings of power for us <laughs> oh that's right. in a I whole year yeah. like a i know whole, but that's the last years. that's the last time we touched prime because of that was in the fall that's probably true is there anything else that i watched no i didn't watch anything that's else. it <laughs> i don't watch probably. jack reacher or any of that well, uh, any of that me, nonsense I, I jim I got into nope. some Gym. some like African dramas. Like the show Riches was really unexpectedly good, and mm. that was probably the last time I touched Prime. And I, that's a whole other show to talk about in another episode. But that's a really uh, good uh, some British 
African UK drama, but it's really good about family and hmm. lots of twists and turns and you know, so that has Prime has you know, Prime has been surprisingly quiet, but they they know how to make noise when when it's time and when they do it's really good quality noise. So yeah, you're right. This this is starting off their year is with this and then after this is invincible and I'm just like well, what else is in store, you know? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think Prime is coming to a slower stop. And so I'm wondering when it's going to pick back up again. Because, I mean, they had Fleabag for a while. Uh, they had um, The Boys. Yeah, I think there was a minute where they had a couple of shows on there that people were up. They had, what was the show about fairies? And uh, oh, it was like, uh... it was hella expensive to make. They had another show that was also like the shit for a while. Can't so they, remember it. <laughs> I, I know. I love how we, we all it know like the Orlando show. Did it Orlando Bloom or is that a different, it, or is that a different thing altogether? I don't remember. See, I, I think it did have Orlando Bloom. It's, I'm so like, I can't, I, I only have space in my body for so many different things <laughs> in my brain. Like, I, like, like I can't, yeah. I can't accept them all. I'm sorry. I don't leave in my body. <laughs> it's it's it. Oh, it's Carnival it's Row. It's called Carnival yes, Row. I know it's it something Carnival. I've never seen it. I don't know if it's good or not, but yeah, that's one it's of the entertaining. It's, a, like it's it. the second and it's its final season. That is coming out next month as well. Oh, it's been a minute since it came out, though. Yeah, and um, was... that um, I personally, I'm a fan of the Harlem show, which is kind of like a Sex in the City, but actually better because it's like these are people who, like the characters, have actually lived in Harlem and do things that you would in Harlem. Um, and one of my friend's cousins is actually the star of the show, one of the stars of the show. So it actually helped to hear more back, uh, back ground info about the show which is why i really love it so much that comes out next month in february so i feel like prime actually has a good tv schedule every month as far as what's in store of february we have all that with mm. carnival row um and i believe um invincible is out by it was just as late 2023 late 2023 it's according um, to seth rogan uh who I, I feel like I know he's an alien, but I just can't unhear <laughs> Seth Rogen. It's like it's it's alien. what worries me about about Chris Pratt Seth being Mario because I'm like all I can hear is Seth Rogen. So am I all is all I'm gonna hear is just Chris Pratt. Like, you can't give them money for this for that to watch that. Uh, well, he's in it. Talk about he's, movie to boycott. That's the movie boycott. But but uh-huh. back to Boss McIntyre. I just want to say, um, like this was actually a campaign that I was not preview of so everything is like shiny new to me and Travis mm. watching it Travis he knew exactly what was going on but I told him not to tell me things so that it adds more info to the character which yeah. he did with some of the dragons um, knowing that again they're on another basically so far we know is they are out to try to get those dragons I don't know how they're going to get those dragons because li- literally like I tell you Amy the first 10 minutes is just carnage those dragons are unstoppable <laughs> They are unstoppable. So whatever the team is trying to do and well, uh, stopping them, I don't know how, and I don't know how. But what they they're trying to, be some to do people. is they have to get the vestiges. Yeah, yeah, that leads to that uh, with meeting some new characters, and they're going on the typical uh, gather these items, and then once you have all of them, then it's possible to defeat them. And 
those items are scattered all over the world. So let's go take time to get the first one, which is literally down the street, but it's in a scary place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think they, they also have this really interesting thing of like they have to tie in multiple stories within the same season. So yes. last season, they of course tied in the Briar Woods, which was a very long game wise, very long uh, to get to that part. Uh, and they also tackled like them killing the first dragon, which is another huge part. But they tied both those stories together by kind of having them overlap with like background uh, drama. And in this season, you can kind of see they're doing the same. Um, if you watch the show, you know it's about to get real sad real soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are about to be some decisions made. Uh, so that's about to happen. Uh, and you also know that they're going to be bringing in a lot of uh, character backstory and sadness. Yep. It's going to get real deep this season. Uh, there are going to be some real tearful moments. And I am excited to see how they choose to animate this. Um, I'm loving that this season is looking more and more and reminding me more and more of the first season of Castlevania, um, mm, where the fighting is becoming that. a lot faster, a lot crisper, mm, mm, uh, and the animation is looking really good. So I'm excited to see how they choose to level it up as they choose to progress further in the story. Yeah, so okay, just a FYI, <laughs> they're actually releasing three episodes at a time. Oh. So on the 20th, they drop three episodes that we are, are currently up right now. On the 27th, they drop three more. The third, three more. And finally, on February 10th, they drop the last three. So, so they'll be releasing these in threes. Okay. I noticed that I, I'm sorry, I thought it was 10 episodes. It's actually 12 episodes. So in doing that, I guess, I wonder where they got that. I guess this is just Amazon's way of well, like. It was. Because remember last year, we were, it was similar. We had the whole it was, episode of week. It was also, well, no, last year it also was three at a time it as was? well. Oh, yeah, it was. Yep. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was three at a time. I don't remember that. But so, I guess. Just, so they're just sticking with the system of three at a time, okay. which honestly feels, I think, a lot better, especially if you're kind of planning it around uh, momentum. Mm-hmm. Because in those three episodes, we had the intrigue, which was high momentum. We had the middle episode, which you know, was them getting to Vasselheim, which is a little mm-hmm. scary. And then you have like this final episode. It definitely gives you kind of this really good momentous kind of push forward and then hit you with that pause. Oh, yeah. It's like watching it, getting excited and waiting and waiting. So I do like the system of threes. And I hope that, you know, if we're, if we're going to see more of these scheduled programmatic uh, streaming service shows, I'd rather we see them in threes. Oh, I'm very excited. I'm very happy. And I don't know why I didn't remember that, but no, it makes me happy because I think three episodes is best to get a lot of the material and it keeps momentum, like you said. So again, check out Box Machina. Fridays on Prime, three episodes a week, you guys. So if you are catching up, you you can catch it up in a day. It's not that hard, but yeah, check so, that out. So I, I wanted to ask, how many episodes was first, was the first season? Twelve. Oh, okay. I don't know why I thought it was ten, but hey, twelve. Okay. Yeah, twelve. You get twelve this season too. Yes, but that also means a shorter mm-hmm. season because if you, it'll be over next month, which next month is. Not far. So sad face on that front, but okay. Can't complain. Can't complain. Um, I want to kind of jump into, I guess it's the video game portion of the show. As you know, there's been so many video game adaptations turning into 
TV shows and anime. So, like, you know, we have The Witcher. I know Resident Evil was out that did horribly on Netflix. Um, and HBO just released uh, The Last of Us, which started last week. Episode one dropped. Yeah, dude. Um, some of us were very, some of, I think, in the fandom, which is to be fair, because because of previous video game adaptations, very hesitant. hesitant. As you know, Last of Us was one of those games where it came out and it broke so many records. It it broke, like, just story, the way the game moves, everything. And for it to be adapted for a TV show, we were just like, if you mess this up, you know, we we will not we will not let you guys basically forget. But we hey, will find you. We will find you. Exactly. But first episode dropped. What did you guys think of the first episode? Yeah, uh, I will say this. I love uh, last was the first game. Um, still enjoyed the second one. Um, but as far as uh, a video game capturing a moment, uh, I think the first episode captured uh, a really pivotal moment in uh, the not only the, the video game, but just like the, the writing as well. If you played the first game, you recall it starts off relatively slow. As the show did, you just you're giving you just giving introductions, um, seeing a couple of news clips about what's you know what's going on. What I did like about this show is that they had a moment where uh, they had scientists predict mm-hmm. the next great pandemic, which if you think about it right right <laughs> now, uh, is still very frightening. So very frightening, mm-hmm. uh, and they present an idea that um, I think is still a scary idea that even when I played the game and heard about it, it was scary, but hearing them apply it to the real world was even scarier yep. in the game. As in most infective games, you kind of just get the, the word, Hey, this thing is going on. Um, it's a scary virus. Uh, so, so it was bit or it's a, it's a, a meteorite or blah, blah, blah. But no, no, this is being grounded firmly in reality of like, hey, there's this fungal cordycep fungus that uh, drives ants crazy. And it makes ants do these things all the while uh, ingesting its body, making it aggressive and doing things. And like that's probably the closest we'll get to zombies. And what if the world got hotter? What if funguses, like most animals had to learn how to survive in a hostile environment as nature does. And what if that means it needs to thrive on different organic material? And what if that's us? And then it just gets you right into it. And it's beautiful. Um, I mean, a highlight that'll always be the highlight for me from the first game is that initial car ride when they're driving past the house that's on fire uh and you're just kind of seeing the the chaos and the uh and the nightmare and then leading up to the airplane crash into a suburban street all of it was done incredibly well and it stayed true to the nature of the game which is like hey shit's hitting the fan like this is a hard global reset uh and i think they did it amazing they did it in an amazing way um they have an amazing cast pedro pascal bella ramsey um gabriel luna uh uh, uh, meryl 
uh, Dan Bridge, who plays Marlene. I love that they are leaning into um, this new interpretation mm-hmm. of Joe and Tommy. They're, uh, you know, Latinx. So they're like, you know, doing this whole, like landscaping business and they have this beautiful daughter, Sarah. And it's the characters that they chose to be in these roles are, are fantastic. And I was waiting for that initial scene where, you know, if you play the video game, you know that um, Sarah Miller dies like in the first like 10 minutes of the game. And it's like Pixar up-esque violent. You're just kind of shaken as you're thinking in video games, they avoid harming and in movies, they avoid harming children, you know, for, you know, for great reasons. But here you have to watch his father grieve over their daughter. Uh, And it's, pivotal to the show and it lays the stakes and the show really leans in by adding its own things like okay i don't know how you felt about it but the fact that they chose to show them finding a little girl who survived being out of her own finally found civilization gets into that chair gets tested and that black lady looks at her and says hey do you like it's gonna be okay we're gonna take care of you and her eyes look up and the guy looks at her and just kind of shakes his head and shows her the red button and he's she's like what's your favorite food i'm like oh baby no this is is fucked hbo is the only place that could have taken this series there and that that additional book that's not in the game at all that's not in the game. It doesn't exist mm-hmm. in the game. That was just for the show. That shows me that the writers know exactly what this world is, mm-hmm. what the reality is, yeah. and how they can are uh, how they are prepared to take us there and show us that yes, zombies scary, but also humans are being forced to do truly terrible things to one another in the sake and name of surviving. You know, what did you think? I know you haven't played the first game, so you jumping into this series through this TV show. I really liked it. I mean, I was I, I was in like I got lost in it for a while. I'm like, how long is this episode? Um, I'm I'm really excited because I feel like these these the actors are just really good, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can see in their eyes, just their eye their eye acting alone is just like it makes you believe that they're in a situation where like they're in hell. And life just is not getting better for anybody. And they've just seen so many things. And you can see like the shadows that they're carrying as they're progressing through these scenes. I thought that was really well done, really well directed for that matter. Um, I'm really hoping that my partner, who has not played this game either, will be enthused to play this game now that he's <laughs> watching. His, his, whole thing so. is like, his whole thing is like, well... Um, they usually don't match up. Like mm-hmm. the movies and the games are just like, and, and so he, I'm hoping that the movie will intrigue him to want to actually play the games. So I can just watch and just not be scared, but or scared right. secondhand. You will be secondhand scared. Are you going to be scared? Yes, you know, remember when Marlon was streaming the second game and we were already screaming? It was the first game to me. I'm like, fuck! I can't! I cannot hang! I cannot hang! <laughs> I well, the game also has all the sounds come from the controller. So as you're playing it, that. the sounds are like in your hand and in front of you. I hate that. Um, but yeah, hopefully he plays it. So, um, my thoughts. I, I too believe so. I mean, this is just from the first episode. We still have more to watch, but the first episode alone nailed it. I think this is a great adaptation. They definitely changed some things. They changed some relationships with characters, but it logically makes sense knowing that now we're in an episodic uh, format 
it only makes sense because things will move along faster and greater. You're not taking the time to be like, oh, I got to go this way to talk to someone. And things are being hinted. And then we don't know for sure because it's a video game. Here we actually take the time to be like, oh, okay. Like, they're together. Okay. That was just hinted. Okay. Um, and I, I think this is a great format because TV is a great way of showing it and not telling it. So, like, even if you don't know what's going on, obviously you can tell who's on who like who cares about who just by body language and the tone of my voices which i think is really great um i feel like as far as so my thing is because on the the whole thing about the virus and compared to the video game it's completely different um i know some people were a little upset because the video game Basically, the not the virus, but the fungus was based on spores and how everyone in the video game wore masks the entire time to get from place to place. And see that episode one, people were like, they're not wearing masks? How do they know when they got it? Oh my gosh. Until I actually read uh, something on the internet that l- literally made sense. Um, so in the game, you know, they have spores and stuff and everyone has masks. Logically, it's since I know this is a fantasy, it's a realistic fantasy where it's like a dimension of our real world. Spores would not make sense in our world because regardless if you wear a mask, the stuff is still on you. So nobody would survive at all, you know? So I think it was smart to take the spores out of the story and having it being passed a different way. Now, IGN did break it down and said that this is a theory, it's not officially confirmed, but in the first episode, there were Easter eggs of, say, the fungus being passed through flour, through, like, any type of grain food foods. Um, first episode, there was a whole thing about Jakarta, like, things were going on in Indonesia. They said that's one of the biggest places where uh, grain <clears throat> grains get turned into wheat in the world. I didn't know that. So I learned that just in that video. Two, as you saw, the neighbors were eating biscuits and they were, uh, Joel and Sarah were offered that. They were like, no thanks, we gotta get to work slash school. Later on is Joel's birthday. He forgot to pick up a cake. So again, they were spared from eating gluten. So, so far, the enemy is gluten at this point in the, in the show. But I didn't know that until, um, Things like that. So that is a theory that people were getting, they were getting the stuff because of the gluten. And that's really terrifying knowing that, you know how much bread products people eat in the world? So that, that acted up super fast. Um, And that's really scary. And that gives a whole nother commentary about accessible food. (laughs) So I was like, oh, that's a new horror story. I don't like that, but that's logical in this world. Uh, I just want to give props to, uh, Neil Druckmann, who again was the creator of Chernobyl. I don't know if you uh, saw that on HBO years ago, the Chernobyl Chernobyl show. And that show mm-hmm. scared the shit out of me. Um, and he is using those talents again. Again, when I heard he was part of it, I was like, okay, maybe they have a chance that this is good. And obviously you see it in this first episode. Um, again, Amy, I agree with you because, you know, we're always those film girls. Um, I really, one of my favorite scenes is the scene where they weren't even talking. They were leaving the the base to go out into the real world towards the end. And, you know, they stopped every time they heard a sound. The way the shadow was just playing on them, the sh- just sheer darkness and it was just some sheer light and they would just freeze. And it was just, I was like, 
that was cinematically beautiful, like just as a freeze frame. I really like that they actually thought of even with the shadows and lights in this game. Um, video games, yeah, they do that in a way, but like the fact that he is still trying to play upon that tone and look that you get from the video game into the show, I think that's a bit a big cool thing because the environment is a character in itself. As you know, in this game, it's 2023. It's our year right now, but over there, it's not so good. Um, excuse me. It's been 20 years since the um, since how it all went down. So in 20 years, since the fire nation uh, attack, huh? I was saying, saying since the fire nation yeah, attack. Yes, since the fire nation attack. You're not wrong. Since, since the gluten attack, um, <laughs> it's, it's been 20 years. And in 20 years, do you guys see how like like societies are? gone they're falling apart and that's crazy um and so how episode one ends you see that they're already starting their trek across the country which again kind of gave me walking dead vibes um every time something popped up i was like wow you know walking dead was a comic adaptation and it did not go the way it was supposed to go at all like i understand adaptation then i understand profit and amc (laughs) you need to take some notes from uh the less of us because they created a world where walking dead would have totally fitted um the characters and everything would have totally made sense but you know they did their own thing and whether you like it or hate it i don't see hate it um the last of us keeps me positive in a way where i'm like i think i trust the writers to know uh the right decisions even if there's decisions i'm not aware of like oh we're we're adding new information or they're making people meet each other before something like, wow, okay. Oh, I guess that makes sense. I trust them to do that. And knowing that again, this is one of the, literally, this is probably one of the greatest video games of our generation, as far as like the style of gaming. Like when I tell you, like it's, I remember when they came out and people were just blown and to see it be a show, like you, you have, you have no room for mistakes. You have to do it as best as you can, or just like with, just like with Game of Thrones, when it was really good, it was really good, right? When it was really bad, mm-hmm. you saw how that was. We don't want that for this show. We want it to do well. I am looking forward to see how things are being played out. Um, I am very, uh, I am interested in how the story is going to play out because I'm assuming this whole game, the first game, will be split up into two seasons. That's what I'm thinking. And by the time we get to the third season, we are entering into the second game. Unless they're going to do something different. I don't know. But I did look... They can't jump too far because Ellie has to age up a few true. years to be in the second game. And, um, so they most likely will probably do what you're saying of like maybe they split up the first game between two or three seasons. Okay. But before they can do season... Before they can do Last of Us 2, Ellie has to be, like, old enough to, like, raise a child at that point. At least in her early you know, she 20s, ends the right? Game. Yeah, early 20s. Uh, she's, like, Bella. raising a kid at that point. Well, I think she's, like, 16 in real life, but she's playing, like, a 14-year-old right now, right? Like, Ellie's 14 right well, now. Bella will always be able to play a right. child. But I think you're to play adult Ellie. Or Marlon. I mean, unless they I do the House of the Dragon just, treatment. I feel like they could they could stretch it and like do a Last True. of Us too, like Stranger Things. Uh, but they'll just have to be really mindful about just the fact that she just looks a lot younger because she has like a a kid yes. face. 
Like, like even playing Ellie, you can't help but not, oh, this is a very young-looking Ellie. Like, even though Ellie in the video game looks young, too, it's like, oh, these are she's, this a, child. She's, this she's is, this is a girl. child. But, yeah. And, and, like, she does have to murder, which she thankfully has Game of Thrones experience at murdering people, yeah. but it gets a lot more gr- graphic in Last of Us 2, and it gets a lot more hands-on as well. So It's all about game, survival. Survival. Um, but I did, because I was just curious about Last of Us Part 3, the video game, because it is around that time where that should... Part 3? Yeah, Part 3, three? of the video game. There's a part It's two. coming out. Oh, sorry. Are, you mean... <laughs> Last of Us Part 3. They, sorry, you meant that because Last of Us did the 4K re-release and split the first game up into different parts? Is, is, is no, that what you're talking I'm talking about... about Part two came out, what, three years ago? By 2026, uh, Naughty Dog is expecting that Last of Us Part Three. So whatever happened, like what gotcha. you went through, basically, Marlon, what you and Ray went through, you have a new story to go through by 2026. So that's oh why I am gotcha. trying to, I am trying to gauge how are they going mm-hmm. to, as far as the TV show, how far or how mm-hmm. much content are we covering knowing that, Naughty Dog is really is trying to push towards 2026, maybe 2027, for the next installment of, basically, I think this is the end of their trilogy. I think they wanted a trilogy all along. And so they seem like they want to make that one about love. I don't know what that means. I trusted Naughty Dog with part two. I did not play it, but I did not like the story at all. I thought that was a cheap, mm-hmm. a cheap out. I, I think they could have done the story way better. Um, and that's why I'm hoping when we do get to part two that normally I would not like it when it deviates from the game, but I really hope they deviate from part two or at least add more context where stuff could happen, but it's going to happen completely differently and logically because Neil Druckmann's a fucking writer. I don't know what the Naughty Dog crew thought. Oh, we want, I think when they kept saying, I think Marley, you even mentioned it so many years ago, they wanted to evoke so much pain and what it felt like to lose and have lost. And I was like, but you didn't have to do it like that. Like, I'll never forget your review. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I'm never playing part two because of what you told me and what people felt. Um, so knowing yeah. that they are still working on part three, I don't know how it's no, going to go. I, I know that they, I, I know that um, the idea right now for part three is potentially to, I mean, because there is the hypothesis that we've wrapped on Ellie. Um, the fact that Joel is gone mm-hmm. and the fact that they are now living with their uh, girlfriend and they're raising a child after, you know, getting quote unquote revenge or just getting that like lick back. Right. The idea is that Ellie's chapter is over mm-hmm. and that this third chapter is going to be more so about the other young lady that was in the game uh, that we saw in The Last of Us 2 because she, the last part we left off for her was her finding out that there is a firefly base somewhere farther away so i think there is the idea that in the next last of us games we're going to be picking up um where she left off finding oh the fireflies are in i think with seattle or something like that and she's prepared to take the young boy and go there Hmm. Uh, i don't know if that means that we're done with uh, Ellie or it's going to be like oh you play half that right. game and then you go back to get Ellie because again um, the whole idea and importance of Ellie is that she is 
the cure. She has an immunity and that immunity could lead to saving the world. But we also know that by the end of the game, the one scientist that could potentially do something about it is no longer living. Uh, And in the second one, it's less focused on the Mm -hmm. cure and more so on revenge. So maybe this third story, (laughs) they do the same thing. It's half and half sort of that first game as uh, the lead antagonist who murdered Joel. And then she goes and gets Ellie and convinces her to come with her to the actual factual base. We don't know, but all in all, I will say this last of a series is giving us uh, a much better opening mm-hmm. into the world uh, of video game content. And it's putting a lot of folks on blast of like, hey, here's how you pull off a successful uh, video game adaptation um, for the viewers that stays true, but also has a way to find creative avenues to add to the IP. So right now, Neil Druckmann and the team are giving themselves a big pat on the back. They have a good show. And like you're seeing, they have at least three seasons or, or two to figure out if one, they're going to pursue Last of Us Part Two in a TV series, and also just where uh, this can go. There are spinoffs, I'm sure, that you can attach to this, especially in this world. Um, and it also definitely puts the drug men uh, in a lot more control over not only Naughty Dog and not only The Last of Us franchise, but also future other franchises within HBO. He may even have a spot at adapting maybe another HBO project. So it's putting a lot of folks in a good financial <sighs> situation. Uncharted should have been a miniseries from the beginning. That's all I keep saying, but I don't know. You know, they got greedy. Well, no, that's the issue is that we will still get Uncharted starring Tom Holland and, uh, hey, how's your mother? Um, Because of this, because of how this is going for Neil, we absolutely will get another, hey, hey, Nathan Drake, it's me, Sully. How's your mother doing? Let's go steal some treasure, huh? Hey, hey, let's go to Duncan's, huh? Let's go to Duncan's and steal some treasure. I heard there's some treasure down by the Duncan's, huh? How's your mother? Okay. All right. I still haven't seen that movie because I knew it was going to be great. like that. You've never I, seen like the skits? It's a give and a take. Oh. It's a give and a take. The give is that we get a Last of Us True. great TV show and the take oh is that we have to God. take the fact that he's probably going to have two more of these Uncharted oh. films starring so Tom Holland. Did it do well enough entire... to get another movie? It did all right. But again, right. he could oh, let... No. It did all right. Which is like, it didn't do terrible. It did, it did? all right. Okay. But it's important to know that Neil is in a good spot to be like, hey, listen, I could bring you another Last of Us. I just need someone to say, hey, we're going to do another Uncharted so I can give it a second try. Should have been a TV show. We could have covered so okay. much backstory. It would have been, how many I mean, they should have hired Tom Holland. shows are out right now besides, what was the show that was on... Um, TNT, Here's that the was thing. the last show there, I saw with the librarian. What's funny, Kat, is that there is a show that is about history on right sure. now that is episodic that you all forgot that it's out. And I told you it was out. And I told you how bad it was. Y'all forget that National Treasure is on Disney hey, uh, Plus okay, that is releasing that every week. That, that show is not that bad. It's actually not that bad. It's, it's not that bad. I, no. I'm, a, I'm sorry. I support 
our people get in the bag. I support our people get in the bag, but that show is, it's is not, literally it could be worse. A, I thought it was gonna be worse, a, but actually it's the Gen Z it is. nightmare. I will say the part I don't like is but Marlon, that makes us be boomers because of that viewpoint. But you're not wrong. Oh no. <laughs> It's a Gen Z nightmare that they're like, hey, we're all like it's hip really writers Z, who are yeah. in our it's 80s. True. Let's just give them fun Gen Z words to say, like, what do you mean you've never heard of s- such and such? They have 85 million followers yeah, on Instagram. It's like, that wasn't needed. Do you just need to figure out who stole the Keep forgetting those shows are for generations younger than us, which I had to remind myself. I was like, that's going to so good if none of this today stuff was in it and then i was like oh my gosh it's not the old person the show's for them but i do like because i thought it was going to be like someone's daughter from the main movie no it's a whole different way and i, I appreciate that i appreciate the lore behind you know this kind of goes back to black panther and how killmonger was talking about you know, everything in the museum wrap it up and i'm taking it back with me because this belongs to you know my people I did like that National Treasure, the TV show kind of went towards the people who protected a lot of the treasures were all these indigenous and uh, Latin Mm. tribes that were spread out. I like that story. And I like that it run through her family to the point where it killed her father. And she knew, and her mother was like, I'm not telling you shit about it because I don't want you to be involved. And I think that's really cool that, well, cool and not cool, but representation matters. That it it her her character is um she is not a basically a legal citizen in the country so like I thought it was unfair that her boss was like threatened to deport her or like you don't have a you don't have a green card I was like this is getting too real for a Disney show oh my gosh you know um so I appreciate like there's really good highlights like that but then you do run into that Gen Z nonsense where I was just like oh we have this. Oh wait, this is for kids. I like to call it. <laughs> I like to call it. Everybody gets one. Where it's like, what if we did a national treasure show where there's one of everyone? There's a it black friend and a Latinx right. friend and an Asian right. friend. And what if one of them was yep. gay? And what if one of them was an illegal yep. alien? And what if we also put Catherine Zeta Jones in it? And what if they had to live in a, an apartment that was super expensive, but only they could afford it because they all have this? They all have a they job together. In a, and it's they're, a Louis, they're in Louisiana, which I was like, oh, this is an interesting location to. Louisiana is getting right. that. Like, they are out there, like, yo, if you make a movie, yeah. the cutbacks are good. But literally, it, it feels like it's like, hey, listen, this is a, a, a CW show. Yeah. So we're going to have one of everyone. <laughs> we're going to have one of everyone. So there, so everyone has a, a say in it. It's, it's super inclusive. And everyone's and, stupidly uh, smart. Like, yeah, I do TikTok, but actually, I'm a secret hacker girl. I was like, literally. They always put the black girl as a hacker. I'm not mad, but I was mad. <laughs> well, no. They gave black girl the ludicrous treatment in Fast and Furious, where he's where he's gone from, all I want is a car garage, to I've hacked into uh, the Pentagon's secret uh, yeah, stash yeah, of files. Yeah. Like, and ludicrous. That, uh, the- it wasn't two months ago, you were in a, an eight feet tall afro right. and a laser, but now you're in here in a business suit with glasses on, hacking into... Uh, military defense program of the department right. of defense in Go two ahead. seconds right. like the the ocean the woman version of ocean's 11 and, and half the way rihanna's character straight uh tech Black girl hacker. and she was like oh i could get into this in like two i was like what is this new stereotype 
<laughs> because black girl magic I now is so. literally it's stem this is this is the reason it's we have you in the show magic. because we gotta have this and i'm like again i'm not mad but i'm mad like oh that's that's the new stereotype they're just you're and smart. they call it black girl magic but it, it just means that they're gonna computer yeah, it's like oh you can be the sassy the sassy best friend need to- and the tech person and i'm yeah. like Exactly. So it's like now you can't get mad at us because yeah, That's she sounds sassy, but she also knows, she knows computers. computers. You can't be mad at us. We we you respect that. I'm like, I don't like it. She gets to have an attitude and be sassy, but she also has a perfect credit score because she can go into the department of. Uh... You know, Amy. She has like a billion followers on TikTok, and she does TikTok videos all day. I don't even know what she like. I don't even know how she makes money. That's the show. But then when her best TikTok. friend needs her, she goes, "Oh, I'll hack into this." I am not watching That's this show. That's where I was I'm done. Where I'm like, oh, this is a teeny bopper show. Because literally it's like, what do kids like? Social media? Cool. We'll have the person always on social media. Well, they also like. They also like video games, right? Cool. We're going to have some about video games. I feel like they were like, check, what do the youth check, like? And let's just put that in there. And it's also dropping some cool adults so the adults can also get into it. Yes, dropping Catherine Zeta-Jones. Mm-hmm. And this super teeny movie. So she stands at like a sore thumb in every scene of like, that's Catherine Zeta Jones. What is she doing yeah, in this? And I started watching it right after I finished watching Wednesday. So I, I went from that Catherine Zeta Jones to this blonde wearing, wearing wig Catherine Zeta Jones who says like really cheesy 90 lines and be like, oh, you don't know what I can do. And, you know, designer, designer, designer. And I'm, I do this. And then, and then, you know, the kids would be like, oh, you know, roasting yeah. her. And I'm just like, okay, I don't like this part of the show. It's the devil's wears Prada right. cross with Trump the yard. Right. <laughs> cross with, cross with step up the last dance. Wow. <laughs> exactly. We're getting everybody. Exactly. Well, yo, it's, it's all, if you like it, yo, that's more power to you, but all I know is that uh, the reboots and the rewrites are, are rampant and they're out there, but uh, if you want to watch a true adaptation uh, that's great, it's going well, watch Last of Us we're recording on the 22nd. There's an episode out tonight, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is also going to be great. I mean, I'm looking at the IMDb score thus far yes. for the episodes, and this one already has you know a 10 out of 10. This is based on only like 1,500 people voting mm-hmm. so far, but their first episode out of 32,000 had a 9.2 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> if the show keeps going where it's going. Uh, yeah, Neil Druckmann and the team are going to have a lot of fun with whatever project they want to do next because, as you know, Netflix has been buying up IPs. Amazon Prime has been buying up IPs, uh, and HBO is looking to buy new IPs after they flushed half of their IPs <sighs> away. Projects away. But the plus side is he did say more HBO channel shows. And because he said that, that means we were allowed to still have less of us. So it's like, thank you, mm-hmm. but we didn't need your permission anyway. But mm-hmm. I'm glad mm-hmm. this wasn't cut, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Still angry about it, but whatever. Um, does anyone have anything else to add to the docket before we sail away into our work week? Yeah. Uh, whoever is sharing their Netflix with people should be mindful that they might get a $3 charge if they don't uh, stop sharing. So what, are, what are the requirements? Like, how do we know what to watch out and look for? 
for that. What do you mean? Like, I don't know. They're, wh- whoever is the account manager or owner is going to get a, an email probably if it, if they detect. Probably in March, I think they said that um, if you are, you know, sharing with someone who isn't in your household based on probably IP. Well, what if your family, like you're literally immediate family and you just spread out in the country? I don't know. I don't know how that, I, I, I think it's going to be really hard to manage that. It's going to piss a lot of people off in the process. Um, I don't know, honestly. I'm curious how that's going to unfold in March when it does happen. Time will tell. And I look forward to getting that charge. <laughs> More like- <laughs> no. I want to fight back. I'm going to dispute it I'm with gonna, my I'm- bank. Okay. <laughs> I think there's some fraud. Someone charged me $3. I don't know I've never charged this. Dispute it, please. Okay. <laughs> Can they prove that I had someone watching, or was that just me watching it in two different rooms? Maybe I just had it on on when right. I was leaving. Like how? It's how the location, not on like different screens. Like they can tell where you are. Sure. It's it's Black Mirror. Sure. <laughs> but Netflix, you so you you like to look at that, but you can't figure out why your other shows suck and everything. Oh, okay. That's cool. And you canceling the wrong shows. Okay. Yep. That's cool. And why you couldn't fix the Witcher so you could bring Henry back? Okay. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Netflix, Netflix might be, this might be their like last attempt to be relevant. Well, honestly. they still have Stranger Things until next year. Until I think next year, after Stranger Things ends, I think that is when Netflix is going to have their downfall. Because yeah, yeah, we'll have Bridgerton, but I feel like Bridgerton can be bought by another another company. Like I think it's affordable where someone can just swoop in and get it because that's the, another great big Netflix show. But other than that, I am, you know, this year marks Witcher's last season. Bye. Stranger Things next year. Once those two are gone, now we're in a period of we can all drop Netflix and then what Netflix gonna do? Just be sad, no sir. Too sad, too bad. We'll see. You know, Netflix say they're banking on a few other projects coming down the pipeline. They got a lot of shows coming out. They have season two of Ragnarok coming out, which I remember telling you about it last time. It was a great show. So they have a lot of projects dropping. So they are still going to have their scattershot method, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what their quarter looks like following the subscription practice. I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm going to pay the lowest. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, (laughs) that on like Mad Money or some kind of like financial. I don't want ads, but I don't want to give them money. I don't want to give the satisfaction that they're like trying to get me. I actively am infuriated when I see an ad now. I, I'm like, who's wasting my time? I'm not seeing an ad yet. I don't. I, this is why I don't watch YouTube that much. I'm like, what is YouTube's this ad? Too much. Like, no, <laughs> get back to my video that I want to watch 35 minutes of. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, the worst. The Such worst times. Head, Marlon. Head. Oh yeah, and then I find myself doing the whole like report. Don't like ad every <laughs> single time. Same. I do that on I'm Facebook. Like, like, I'm like, what is this weird like, game? Like I don't want to look at. <laughs> Literally, then I put it's inappropriate, and I just like click on it. Inappropriate. Going. I don't want the get off my lawn. We're entering our own version of Boomer Bill. I just, just like, want to remind you, we're doing what we think is right, no, no. but younger people are going to be like, I don't know. 
we're doing get off of my like my bandwidth. Like my bandwidth. No, no, we're doing, get off my bandwidth. That's what we're doing. Like the line, we don't have access to the line because we're millennials. Right. We don't have a, a house like that. What we do have is internet, and it will not be eaten up by some cookie stealing ad that's like that hurt me mention that I like something a week ago, and now is like sending me targeted Where ads for uh, hey mobile games. Stop sending me mobile games. I'm never gonna play them. This one looks dumb and it looks poorly made and it looks like it's a it's a Russian fishing bot trying to steal yep, your security yep. card. I know what it is. I know what it's going to do. No, yep, thank you. Yep, yep. I That's what I have to I say. I totally agree. I'm just saying don't forget we were the first generations of the pirate crew, if you know what I mean? And we can quickly hop back on that ship. That ship was always waiting for us. Again, we were the first generation to do that. I know there were other methods in the 90s and whatever. No, it was very successful during our time because we were the ones leading that charge. So just saying Netflix, like, I would be very mindful in your next few ways of trying to make extra money because it's not going to work. We got options. Hey, you have raising the price a month. Okay. I don't like it, but that's something I agree on. What I don't like is sending uh, fines to me because <laughs> my sister lives in another state, but like she's my blood sister. You you really want me to cut her out? So we're causing family like ties. Like we're cutting off. Really, Netflix? Stop trying to divide us. I'm trying to divide us. You will be the one cut. A United Nation under Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Can we all just get along? Flag and everything. Right. Can we just stream no. along? Can we stream along? Can't we just stream along? That used to be their new like slogan. Like if they did their whole executive team and they'd be like, you know what? We at Netflix are sorry. Can we stream y'all, along? <laughs> y'all said it was okay to share. We have receipts. We right. have tweets. Right. Did you what? know there's actually a tweet that Netflix was caught? Like someone actually screenshotted. Um, it was like last year. Um, they were reassuring a fan, oh no, we will make sure not to like just get rid of shows for no reason. Like they literally said that. <laughs> Cut to you like all last year and even the beginning of this year. Lies. Disrespectful. Lies. Um, anything else you guys before we have to say goodnight? I got me okay. Thank you guys so much to uh, come around, hang out, and talk about all the wonderful things that we talk about. Listeners, thank you for making our show the show of your day. Don't forget we have social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and GeekForgePodcast.com. With that said, stay safe, stay warm, and happy new year. And geek on. This episode of Quest On Media's Geek Force was produced in Richmond, California.